Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Line of Scrimmage podcast presented by Tomahawk Nation. Over the next 15 or so minutes, we will be chatting up with a member of the media from FSU's next opponent. My name is Tim Allenball and FSU now sits 4-0 after a win against Boston College in front of a sold-out Dope Campbell Stadium. Up next, the Seminoles will host their toughest opponent to date, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And to help our listeners get to know Wake Forest a little bit better, we have Cam Lemons from Demon Deacons Digest. Cam, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing today, Tim? I am doing good. Thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, we're yeah. recording this on a Thursday night, not long after probably work ended. So I appreciate you uh, <laughs> taking some time out for us. No, no, happy to be here. Always, I'm always in love talking to FSU you guys. You guys are one of the best, uh, I guess. Yeah. You have one of the best editorial bases around the country. And I'm really, I really enjoy talking to you guys. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I will, uh, off the top of the I will be avoiding all Dave Clawson type questions. So uh, (laughs) if you tuned into the podcast for that, you can go ahead and tune out. So (laughs) Um, Cam, Florida State has been battling a couple of health issues on their side. So that's where I kind of wanted to start with the Demon Deacons. Wake Forest is coming off of a heartbreaking double overtime loss against Clemson. Uh, And against the Tigers, Wake was without starting corner Kalen Carson, and I think we saw a couple other uh, secondary players, especially kind of limp off the field and come back on and off a couple times. I guess, how's the health of the Demon Deacons team? Are there any significant injuries on either side of the ball that fans need to be aware of? Yeah, I mean, so I'll start on the offensive side since it's pretty uh, quick and easy. Uh, they sound like they're pretty healthy offensively. Uh, like they, I know there's a third string running back, Quinn Cooley, and, you know, the third string running back. Oh, what are you going to do here? Wake likes to run really a three headed monster. Um, and if he limped off of the Liberty game, you know, we'll see if he's back. Um, but other than that, they should be good. 
Defense, uh, you know, I'm a little, a little bit optimistic. Um, I mean, they're, Kobe Davis uh, suffered a season-ending injury against Vandy, uh, so he won't be back. But, um, you know, Brendan Harris, uh, who was starting safety for the first two ga- first three games, um, you know, he w- didn't play last week. He's on the depth chart. I don't know if he'll actually play, but I, I expect him to see him sooner rather than later. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's not next. But um, they were also down uh, a linebacker in Quincy Bryant. Um, you know, they kind of forced them to play their buck linebacker, uh, Chase Jones, like I think 90% of the snaps. Um, so, but I, that sounds like Quincy Brown will be back today, will be back on Saturday. Um, Kalen, you know, I think it's going to be a game time decision. Uh, I, I heard he was close last week, even though he got ruled out about an hour before the game, but I heard he was like, he was, it was close when, you know, he just, he just kind of woke up and couldn't go. Uh, I think, you know, this week they're going to, he'll, he'll travel, I'm pretty sure. I think they're going to see what he can do in warm-ups, and we'll go from there. Um, and then you mentioned people kind of limping off. Malik Mustafa, who's kind of been really a really big guy for them, has got three sacks and four scum of fumbles. Uh, he actually separated his shoulder on Saturday. Sounds like he's uh, good to go, though. I mean, he came, they, gave him a, they gave him a shot. He came right back in, uh, and it sounds like he'll be raring to go on Saturday. So I, it's trending up, at least right now, but so we'll see. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Wake Forest likes to do those Florida State death charts where uh, they're just going to list everybody, even if they're even if they haven't played the last hey, three games or not. Dave Clawson has told us to our face last year if he didn't have to put out a death chart, he wouldn't. So <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Wake returns in one of the most experienced offensive lines in the ACC. Yet the running game, I feel like, has kind of been off mark the last two games. Um, do you kind of chalk that up to top tier defensive lines like the Clemson Tigers were or kind of the game flow with Liberty, which really kind of turned into a little bit of a shootout? Or do you think there's actually problems with running the deep mesh this year? Um, I think against Liberty, it was a bit of just a perfect storm. Uh, Liberty actually had a really good game plan. Uh, they, they won up front and they kind of really disguised their looks to get guys in the backfield. Um, but there was also guys just missing blocks and the running backs and Clawson talked about it after the game, running backs just trying to do too much in the backfield. You'd see like on the rewatch, we'd, watch, we'd see a wide open hole and the guys would kind of be scamping around be like, ah, you know, that's only a two, three yard game. It's like, no, we need that. Not a negative two, negative three yard game. Uh, with Clemson, I mean, it, it was just Clemson was aiming for Sam Hartman to beat them. Um, they, they pretty much said, we we're going to put everyone in the box. We're going to blitz. You're not going to be able to run the ball, see if you can win one-on-one balls. And, you know, Sam did that. And, you know, come to the second half, actually, when they started backing off, running a bit more cover two, Wake actually had a little bit more, like, really a lot more success. They were actually running at three, four yards clip in that second half. So it was really – so, you know, part of it is – part of it is game script. Part of it is guys. But it's about just kind of a perfect storm. Um, but, I mean, when we saw people were actually giving them the green light to run, they actually could. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did notice in the second half against Clemson uh, – especially in the fourth quarter, it really looked like Wake was marching down the field a whole lot more with that running game. Right. But, uh, you know, that was after Clemson decided to give up 25 pass interference calls, <laughs> which was insane. Um, I mean, let's kind of talk about that. Sam Hart and this receiving core, in my opinion, is probably the best in the conference. Um, right. <clears throat> A.T. Perry leads the team in total yards, but Wake Forest has had a different leading receiver in each of its first four games. Um, I mean, what can ex- what can FSU expect from Sam Hartman other than what we already know, uh, just with how he's so pinpoint with his accuracy and these receivers on Saturday? I, I guess just let's talk about this receiving core that they need to know outside of A.T. A- Perry. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, if you check the weather on Sunday or Monday, which I'm sure everyone in Florida was, like, I was, I was worried that this was going to be just a run game. I was super worried that this was going to be a, you know, 60 degree, 25 mile an hour winds of rain. And now I'm like, oh, it looks like what, 87, like five mile an hour winds. And I'm like, oh, cool, fine. Um, you know, I mean, we saw really the breakout game for a guy like Jamal Banks last week. Um, you know, Jamal Banks is it's his third year in the program, and he Dave Clawson was was really during camp and the beginning of the season trying to tell us like, you know, we have three starting wide receivers, and it's A.T. Perry, Donovan Green. I'll get to in a second, and Jamal Banks. And you know, Banks when we saw him in camp was you know kind of doing his own thing. Uh, he's always been a guy that's been more of a flashier um, reception guy, and then you know you have last week where he just catches everything his way. Um, yeah, but so I mean, it's really an exciting to see that. I mentioned Donovan Green who had a quiet game of two catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I don't really know how to spell it's a quiet game at this point, but that's kind of it for him. So, I mean, on the outside, they have those three guys that can really beat you. And then where I think the game's going to be kind of won this week is going to be guys like uh, Keyshawn Williams and Taylor Miranda in the slot. Um, I think FSU, FSU looks like they run a lot of cover two men, a lot of cover four, and they're really don't, they don't like to get beat deep. And I think you know, what's going to be the way to not get beat deep is by using your slot guys like a Keyshawn, like a Taylor Miranda, that can just, you can just funnel, funnel, um, funnel just shots like it, like an inter intermediate and underneath and be pretty good there. <laughs> do you, um, do you feel Sam Hartman is playing better this year? I know he missed, you know, the beginning of the season, but overall compared to last year, um, I guess, you know, I, I like to think of Sam Hartman being there forever, but I can't really <laughs> make that joke anymore because Jordan Travis, I think is going to be at Florida state forever, which is fine with oh. me, but do you feel like uh, Hartman is is playing better this year or about the same? I mean, right now I have to say better. I mean, the biggest knock against Sam Hartman was how he performed in, in big games, for myself included. It was how he performed against Clemson the past couple of years, how he performed in the second half against Pitt last year in the AC Championship game, how he prepared, uh, performed against Wisconsin two years ago in the, in the Mayo Bowl. You know, this was the first time that we've seen him go out there and just absolutely just do that against a not – I don't want to call it, like, I mean, you had the Army game last year, but the biggest thing about the Army game was it was very apparent Wick was just better on the field than Army. But now you have it against a defense that is still one of the better ones in the nation, and he went out there and just threw six touchdowns. Um, and I think there's no question you can say, like, he's playing, at least for last week, and he's been playing at just a higher level than he ever has. <laughs> I think if I, from an outsider view, I think the defense is where Wake, Wake is struggling this year, at least, you know, looking at the box scores and watching the highlights, they're allowing 30 points a game. Uh, and in the last two games have just been, you know, shootouts, whoever has the ball type or whoever has the ball last type of fair. I mean, how would you describe the game plan the defense has, has, you know, instituted so far and who are some names that fans need to be aware of on from Wake Forest on the defensive side? I mean, it's felt like every week they're playing a mobile quarterback. Like Vandy, they had a guy who literally just did nothing but run. Uh, Liberty has Kate on Salter, who did nothing but run and right. on the run. Last week, it was DJ, who uses his legs a bit more than people would like to realize. And then, obviously, this week, Jordan Travis. So, I mean, it's having to play a lot of contain. Um, I mean, they're, they like playing a lot of cover four. They, you know, I, I think the big thing that I think that sticks out was, like, against Liberty, both injuries and missed tackles just kind of caught up to them, like, a lot. Um, I mean, against Liberty, they were down what? They were down Brendan Harris, Kalen Carson, J.J. Roberts went down, another corner went down, uh, and then they went down to the linebacker as well. Like, they were just bleeding at that position. But, I mean, you know, they're, they're a hyper-aggressive type of team. They're a team that up front with guys like Kobe Turner, who's the number one graded uh, defensive tackle on PFF. 
I mean, kids just the guy's just been a monster when they got him from Richmond. Rondo Baca right up front as well. Um, so I mean, those are two guys up front that are really going to be, you know, they're going to try to get after Jordan Travis and try and get off of the backs and see what they can do there. I mean, on the second level and from beyond, I mean, it's going to come down to can a guy like uh, Malik Mustafa, now that he's healthy, can he step up in the run game and you know and stop a guy like uh, Trey Benson from from getting the trust, a guy like Trayshawn Ward. Same thing with a guy like uh, Ryan Spinda. He's your Mike linebacker. He's a fifth year senior as well. This has got to be a guy that's that is making tackles, that is leading your defense and making sure these guys are everyone's in check. And the one thing I will say, it felt like they haven't had as many coverage busts as last year. Last year, I feel like Wake's defense was so bad because it was just guys were just wide open, left and right, left and right, left and right. And this year, it's felt like if that, something has happened outside of the Liberty game, it's been someone just made a play. And it's just like, you know, kudos. Good job. We'll figure it out. You know, while it still sucks to give up 30, 35 points a game, you know, I can at least live with that. If you're just getting, if you're just getting beat on 50, 50 balls and, you know, guys are just making plays, whatever. I, I think you can fix that. You can't fix guys. that are just busting coverages left and right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how this game goes. Cause it, like you said, they've, they've played nothing but mobile quarterbacks. And I feel like uh, up until last week, Florida State was, was very much in the same boat, at least against LSU and Louisville. And, right. you know, they finally got to, I guess, take a breath against uh, against Phil up there in Boston College. <laughs> and, um, I know Hartman can run some, but I feel like, again, no, no. I would, I would, yeah, I would much rather face a quarterback that's not as much of a threat there. So, uh, yeah, that, that really is hard for a defense to uh, game plan when, when the quarterback's elusive. Now, I will say Travis has not ran as much this year right. as he has in the past, but uh, I think he's made up for it in some of his passing. So, um, in my opinion, I think Wake Forest is underrated. Uh, I, I think for the last few years, they've kind of been underappreciated just because they're, they're Wake Forest, for lack of better words. But I, I think they're a top 20 team. Uh, the tough loss against Clemson. I think on Saturday, a victory for either team really wouldn't shock me. Right. Um, what's your confidence level for this game? Do you think it's going to be another shootout? Do you think um, there's something about Florida State that you've seen that, that gives them an upper hand? Or do you think uh, this is uh, another win for the Demon Deacons? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be a homer. I tried my best. I mean, even last week I picked Clemson. I was like, you know, I think Clemson wins here. I think the biggest thing of why I probably will go wake in this game will just be health. I think it, it'll obviously depend on, you know, what we hear pregame. But I, like I mentioned at the top of it, I think Wake is, is healthy, healthier going into this. And, you know, like looking at uh, Florida State last week, I mean, you look like what Robert Scott didn't play. Um, you're already down Caden Miles and you're already down um, Bless Harris in the offensive line. You know, one of the biggest things about how why Wake won last year was because they were able to get to the quarterback, whether it was Milton or Jordan Travis. You know, what does it look like when you're not playing against Boston College? Like, I know it's hard, it's hard to evaluate FSU from, you know, game one or game zero or game one or even game two because of personnel there versus what happened last week. And even on the reverse, I think that one of the biggest ways to stop the mesh point, stop what Wake does on offense is to get as, to get as much pressure as you can with four or five bodies. Clemson learned the hard way of what happens when you just considerably blitz and don't get home. You have to be able to win with four or five bodies. You know, I, I don't know if Fabian Lovett's playing. We don't know. We don't know if uh, Jared versus playing, you know, if they're not able to play, then, you know, it, it's a it's a really hard task for to ask a defense. You know, I, I think um, Peyton played a, a really like phenomenal game last week against BC. And then there's all the obvious caveat of, you know, how much of that was him taking that next step and how much of that was him going up against some guys that I mean, may not have been ready to be out there. 
And right. so, you know, and then say, and something it's like, you don't know, never want to denigrate a guy and be like, oh, no, this guy is just terrible and just bad competition. But I think it is a fair question. I mean, and that's kind of why for me, I'm like, I at least know more of what Wake is right now, given the Clemson game. I I have no idea what what's going on for the street. I think they're an above average team, but given the health of the team, I have no idea what's going on there. And I think that makes me a little bit lower on them, just having that bit of an unknown. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. That the defensive line of Florida State is probably my biggest concern as well. Um, at, at this time, my assumption, based off everything I heard, again, this is my assumption. Nothing we've seen or reported. Right. I don't think Lovett plays, and and I'm not really confident the verse plays as well. Yeah. So. Um, and, you know, talking to some of the guys at Tomahawk and other places, exactly what you said, if you can't, if you can't stop that, that mesh point run with your, with your front four, then that really gives them, that really starts to open up the passing game because you have to load the box more, other things like that. So I kind of, I kind of agree with you on that. I, I think it, it could be a toss up game, but it wouldn't shock me at all. If yeah. Oh, yeah. In the fourth quarter, you know, is able to make some stops and pulls ahead you know, by 10 points or something like that. But, you know, we'll, we'll hope that Florida can keep running. <laughs> um, Cam, I really appreciate you jumping on. Uh, I like to end the podcast with with a choose-your-own-adventure type question. Oh, oh. So I will uh, I will give you three categories. Uh, you tell me which category you want, and we'll go from there. So uh, uh, category one is professional wrestling. Uh, category two is TV or streaming. And then the last one is ACC mascots. Oh, this is oh, okay. I'm, I'm mixing. I'm mixing the the streaming. I'm between the mascots and the and the wrestling. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go wrestling. We'll go there. We'll go back. I haven't watched wrestling in a few years, but I definitely grew up on it. But okay. Uh, in your opinion, based off the wrestling you've watched, what are the top three finishers from wrestlers? Oh, I mean, the number one for me growing up, I was a, I was a big Jeff Hardy kid. I loved okay. Jeff Hardy growing up. So <laughs> Swanton Bomb was something my mother definitely hated me doing. <laughs> it broke, broke a couple of things in the house, not myself. Um, that was number one. I mean, obviously, a stunner was was big growing yeah. up. I think that was, that was really that did to my sister once. She was not really happy with me. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big power bomb through a table guy, and I think just the emphasis of like through a power bomb through something definitely was just the extra oomph being nine, ten years old, being like, oh no, this is this is it. <laughs> I, I the the number of of younger kids at at church swimming activities that I power bombed into <laughs> a swimming pool, I, I can't even tell you that those are great. I I, I love that, and I, I do think in my mind, I think the stunner might be the all-time best just because it's just become classic for lack of better words oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and everybody knows what that is but uh cam i really appreciate you jumping on take a minute tell everybody where they can find you and, and read what you got out there yeah i mean like start the top of the show um deep Deegan digest on 24 7 sports as well as uh bloggers od or an sp nation if you want my terrible tweets um i'm at cam lemons underscore on twitter um yeah Perfect. Cam, thanks so much, man. Uh, I, I started following you this week and I've already been uh, chuckling at some of the tweets you got out there. So uh, <laughs> like you, uh, I feel like, is this, is it Saturday already? Can we, can we move past some of this? I'm so over it. Uh, <laughs> politicking. So Cam, thanks so much for jumping on, man. And I uh, hope the best for both teams on Saturday. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> All right. For the line of scrimmage podcast on Tomahawk nation. Thanks everybody for jumping on. Thanks to Cam Lemons. We will catch you guys next week.